welcome to Vineyard KC West podcast. For more information, visit us at vineyardkcwest.com. So good to be with you guys in person online. And um, look at Kristen Porter's got her, her golf cart out here. That's amazing. Yeah, you've got a short view. So, yeah. So the scratchiness, if you guys hear the scratchiness, that's just the wind on the microphone. So there's nothing you can do about that. But, hey, um, I want to tell you guys, uh, if I haven't met you, my name is Cody. Uh, I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, I'm so glad you guys are with us. And um, uh, also want to point out that if you're new, and we're getting away from using bullets and stuff. So if you're new, even here or online, um, you can text the word link uh, to 97000. Introduce yourself to us. And then uh, also, too, next Sunday, we'll be meeting again here. We'll be inside and we'll physical distance and, uh, and do everything so that we're safe. Uh, but that'll be right inside because it's going to be 91 next Sunday. So I don't know that we want to do this next Sunday. Uh, so if you have a Bible uh, or a Bible app, that sort of thing, you can open up to Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to be at verse 14 through 21. But let's pray first. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for uh, your presence. We thank you for your love. We thank you for these people. And God, we ask that you would uh, reacclimate us, God. To, to being uh, around people, reacclimate us to uh, being in your presence with others, and keep us continue to keep us safe, God. We need you in this time. Amen. So, hey, so so 2020, what a year so far, right? Pretty pretty interesting. Uh, you know, I, I think this year, if you look at it, there's kind of a, there's kind of testing, isn't there? I, at least I feel that way. It's like kind of a testing. You know, when you take a test, you, you find out what you know. You find out what you're made of. Uh, or, you know, if you squeeze something, what's in it comes out, right? Pretty, pretty simple stuff. Uh, I was thinking recently about uh, when I was in junior high school. So, uh, which I wouldn't recommend doing that often, right? Awkward years. And in my, my eighth grade year, I moved to uh, a new town. And so I was new place and uh, was trying to make friends and everything else. And in eighth grade, PE was like a big part of the week. And the teacher was super militant. And you had to, you had to roll your clothes a certain way, like your gym clothes. And, and set it as a package. It was it was it was pretty interesting. But then the other thing was is that they would have you they would have you uh, do the rope, like climb the rope to the top of the gym, yeah. right? The rope is attached way up there, or the pegboard. Does anybody remember that? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? You get the pegs and uh, uh, or pull the rope. So uh, I, I typically rocked it all, like up till about third of the way. On, on, on both of those and and so but it was always this thing where you found out what you're made of and there was always that one or two people that just did it all and, and looking back I don't know if the rope was that much I didn't want to be that high off the ground you know uh, I think that was it I didn't want to be that high off the ground but I found out what I was made of uh, in the midst of it but in other words I found out what I had and, and I think about that. If I had another opportunity, could I do it? I'm, I'm not sure. But, but we're in a time of testing right now um, in, in our country, in our world. And, you know, we're finding out what we have. Um, you know, what humans have developed and accomplished. 
you know, in this world is truly amazing. I mean, we have uh, we have people that are here that are uh, they, they work with finances. Uh, people that are here that are doctors work, work with medicine. We have scientists here. We have uh, those that uh, are first responders care for people. Like what we've done is truly amazing. Uh, when when you look at what we've done with uh, medically and in, in, in increasing the lifespan of people, I mean, it's truly amazing what modern medicine does. And yet. In the midst of this time, we've become, we've realized that we're incredibly fragile, haven't we? Like, incredibly fragile. Like, people don't have answers, or we think we have the answers, and then it really doesn't answer things. We're still at risk. You know, and then, and then you look at the progress we've made as far as being civilized, as far as being inclusive, as far as uh, loving one another, as far as honoring all people, that they're a creation of God, and yet... We're still thirsty for violence and murder. And we look at all of that, and, and we are found wanting. Like, if you look around us in this time, we are we are found wanting for our response to what's being demanded of us. You know, the Apostle Paul put it this way in the book of Romans, the letter to the Romans in the New Testament. He says, there is no one righteous, not, not even one. So there's not one person that has done that right relationship with God, right relationship with people. And, and you put it all out. There's not one person that's that's gotten it all right. So we need more we need more of God than ever. We absolutely do. I think that's one key thing that we can take away from this time in our lives. So the good news though is that in our wanting and in our lack, in this time, God brings an abundance. Because the principle is, is that until we realize that we are lacking, until we realize that we are wanting, we many times push away God ab God's abundance and we settle for just something low. So in Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, we see a, a situation where Jesus actually uh, shows how abundant he is for us, even in our lack. So let's read together. Matthew 14, verse 14, it says... When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said, and he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men, besides women and children. And so it's 5,000 plus people. I mean, it could have been as many as 10,000 people. And you have five loaves and two fish. And Jesus tells the disciples, he says, you feed them. Right? If you are feeling lacking at this time, because the need is great. I don't know if you've looked at the numbers, but part of the problem with this virus in the pulling back of the economy in the pulling back of production and, and the movement of people, part of the problem is, is that you're now pushing into the millions upon millions of hundreds of millions of people that are that are in such bad poverty that are in the place that they may suffer from uh, uh, death from hunger. Like, we're on that edge. Like, 
And you look at that and you feel that. And then you look at the needs just within your own family. You look in the relational needs. You look at the stress that there, that's there. We have financial stress in our own families. We have, we have stress next door. Uh, you know, the, the lines for people to get food, uh, you know, all across the United States uh, are, are just, they're, they're drastic. I think the numbers are somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of, uh, of people are unemployed. And, and it's gaining all the time. So the needs are absolutely great. And, and not that you need to say, I need to take that all upon myself. But to look at it and say, gosh, what can I do? And then on top of that, you may, you may look today and say, well, you know, my marriage. You know, I look at my marriage today and, and I look at it and I say, what do I have? I've got some loaves and fish. I've got just, I don't, I don't know that I have what it takes to make this right. Uh, you may look at your finances today and say, you know, I, I have more month at the end than, than I have money. Uh, you may you may look uh, relationally with your children or your parents and say, you know, I don't have the relational skills for for the change that's come about in their life. Uh, you know, so there's there's layer upon layer that we look at and say, gosh, do I have enough for this? Uh, I, I've talked to many people where their job has changed in such a way that they still have a job, but they're now doing the job of ten people. They let other people go, and now they're doing that. God, how do I do this? How do I walk through this time? So we are in a time of realizing that we, we, we have lack. But here's some observations from the passage we just read in Matthew 14. Jesus sees and has compassion on the crowd, the masses. So the needs of the world right now, overwhelming. But Jesus sees the needs of the crowd. Jesus sees the needs of the masses, and he has compassion for them. He has compassion and he feels deeply. God is able to do that. He's able to feel and think and be present at the same time. We, we quite honestly struggle with that. We struggle with that. We put, well, we put layers between things so that we don't feel a lot of times. And then also, too, in verse 15, the disciples recognize their inability to meet the needs of the crowds and the masses. We need to do that, too. We need to realize that we are totally unable to meet the global needs that are there. We need to realize that we are totally unable to meet the personal needs maybe that are going on in our lives. Like, you can fake it till you make it for a while. Like, you can kind of put that on. But after a while, you get found out. Like, I remember when I was in college, just kind of poor college kid, and I was living in a little apartment, and one day I got this, this thing from, the, from the, the National Bass Fishermen Association. And, you know, you, you had to pay to join this thing, and so I'm like, hot dog, you know, I'm, I'm going to join this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a part of this National Bass Fishermen's Association. And the coolest thing is you got this nice big stick, sticker that told everybody. So I put that sucker on the back of my car. You know, and, uh, and so I mean, after a while, I'm like, hey, yeah, that's cool. Until there was a guy that was also a part of the association that I wasn't a part of, right? And, you know, and so he says, hey, that's cool. And I'm like, well, actually, and so I was a total poser. You know, I didn't have what it took. I don't even think I had a fishing rod at that time. I don't think I really fished at that time. But I, I put on a good show on the surface, right? So we can do that for a period of time, but you get found out. And such is the time is right now, you guys. All of this has shown that we need God. We need His help. And so, in verse 16, Jesus points out that the disciples lack and wanting of a solution... Uh, and he shows them the way to overflowing abundance. What does he say? He says, he, he asks them, you know, you do it. They take a look at what they have, and then they bring it to him. And then what's the solution? Jesus blesses it. 
So when, like, the word bless seems like a different word, but what it means is, like, if you were to bless something, it means that you bring yourself into the situation or the thing. Like, let's say that your neighbor is underneath his car doing his brakes, and he's not very good at it. And you, and you know how to do brakes very well. You hop in there and fix the brakes and do that. You're blessing the situation. Why? You're bringing your knowledge and ability and presence into that situation. That's what God does. That's what Jesus does in this passage. He brings God, he brings himself into the situation. And he lifts it up to heaven. And then what happens? They're all organized. And they have enough. Like baskets full. Enough after it's all said and done. Like an abundance of food. You know, moms with, with young kids, you know about this, right? And or, or with teenagers, even more, right? You look, it's like there's not enough. And somehow everybody gets fed. Uh, that's what happens. So so here's what we need to know. Uh, we all are feeding the 5,000 times. If you're awake, if you're aware, it's a feeding 5,000 times. The needs are greater than the resources. The needs are greater than the leadership ability. The needs are greater than, than absolutely anything we have if we're paying attention. And that's just on a global scale. But then, specifically, you may be in a moment where you recognize the wanting and the lack. Again, in your relationships, in your finances, in the way to move ahead. Uh, you may be in that place um, uh, just emotionally. This time has been grueling, right? The, the days kind of blend together. Uh, you know, the, you know, it, it affects us mentally, mental illness-wise. Many people I talk to are struggling. Anxiety, depression is ramping up. It's, it's a difficult time because we're uncomfortable. It's a hard time. So what do we do? We're in a time of lack. Well, again, we do the same thing the disciples did. What did they do? They took what they had and they just made it an offering. Here, this is what we have. This is what I have, God. And in that moment, they found that there was actually abundance when there actually seemed to be scarcity. That's actually the case that it always is. There's always abundance from God. But if we do it on our own, there's actually scarcity. So, take stock of your resources and then bring it to Jesus. See what it is. You know, what is that situation? Now, um, as Jesus calls us deeper into this, Right? Because that's what happens. It's not a transaction. I mean, if you're looking for a transaction, look, God may do that for you. Like, you may have those times where it's like you bring something, you ask God, and whammo! Right? He does it. You're like, wow! This is amazing! God is real, this works. And then you walk away and kind of forget until the next time. But Jesus, what he wants is he always calls deeper. Like, after this, Jesus discussed with his disciples, and he was with them, like those that wanted it. And so Jesus is always calling us deeper. Now his disciples, they walked with Jesus for three years. Like they were learning from him, learning how to pray for people, learning how to care for people, learning about God. I mean, what an amazing time. They were his students, like with him, living with him, walking with him. And yet, when he died, rose from the grave, and ascended to heaven, what did he tell them to do? You know everything you need to know? Go do it. No, he didn't. He said, I want you to wait. You, have, you lack still. I want you to wait. And so what he told them to do is he said, I want you to wait for the gift of the Father. The promise of the Father. And what was the promise of the Father? The promise of the Father was the Holy Spirit. Right? 
he talked about it. He said when he was getting ready to go, he said, look, I'm going to send someone like me to be with you, a paraclete, to walk alongside you, an advocate for you. He's going to convict you of sin. That's good. He's going to let you know when you get off track. He's going to comfort you. He's going to protect you. He's going to walk with you. And here's the thing. He's actually going to be inside of you. God's going to move inside with you. He's going to be your roommate. And Jesus says, look, even though you've been with me this whole time, you still laugh. And so what I want you to do is I want you to wait. And so 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, the day of Pentecost, which in the Christian calendar, today is the day of Pentecost. And this is how Jesus put it. He, he talked about, he talked about uh, branches and vines. And this is what he said. He said, he said, that, he said that I am the vine and, and you are the branches. So when you think of, like, you look at these beautiful trees that we have around here, right? You've got the tree, and you've got the branches. I mean, you have, you have, you have the vines, in essence, which are, you know, the big, the big uh, branches. And then and you have, like, what would be the vines? I'm getting all confused here, looking at trees. He's talking about grapes, okay? Uh, um, but, so, you have, you have the vine and the branch, right? Jesus is the vine. And so the sustenance, the DNA, the life of the vine... It's programmed in there by God, then flows to that which it's connected to. That's how Jesus talked to us about the Holy Spirit in a very practical way. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the new baby church, right? They were just 50 days old. 50 days old. And, and, and some people would say the church hadn't started yet until that day of Pentecost. But on that day, 3,000 people came to know Jesus Christ. And it started out by the disciples just waiting and saying, God, we lack. We are in want. God, we don't have enough. And any time that you see the church, the people of God, saying that to God, you see the activity of the Holy Spirit. And any time you see the church fat and sassy and saying, God, we're cool. We've got this. We've got our way. We're, you know, you don't see the activity of the Holy Spirit as much. And so on this day of Pentecost, on this day, corporately and then personally, why don't we cry out to God? God say we need you. But not just God fix my situation, but God, what if you are what I need? Like, as you recognize your lack today, as you recognize your want today for the needs globally or the needs personally in your life, what if it's not like, what if what's not lacking is that thing that seems to be in the place? But what if it's more of God? Like, what if God is able to fix things by giving us more of Him, more of the Holy Spirit? Because now I'm not trying to fix things alone. Now I'm not processing alone. But I've got more of Him, feasting upon Him rather than the things that don't satisfy. So on this day of Pentecost, what if? You know, I'll tell you what. I I wasn't a Christian when I was in eighth grade, but I tell you, if I was, if I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I bet you I could have climbed to the top of that thing. You know, probably not. Okay, just telling you, just telling you, I probably not. I, I don't know. I mean, that would be nice. But I'll tell you what, though, I, I bet you I would have seen myself differently. I bet you that I would have had more confidence in relationships. I bet you I would have viewed other people and, and treated other people differently. 
I bet you there would have been more joy in my life. I bet you I would have been so focused on the temporary, the just stuff that fades away, that seemed to worry me. I bet you I wouldn't have worried so much. I bet you I wouldn't, you know, as I was going through the pain of my parents' divorce, like I bet you I wouldn't have felt so alone. I, I would have had the balm for my wounds in knowing that Jesus suffered and went through everything that, that we went through and was tempted in every way but didn't sin. I bet you that those things would have changed. And maybe, maybe the stuff that, you know, that I felt was so important, like lining up with other people or comp competing with other people or, or being better, I, I don't know about that stuff. It probably wouldn't have mattered. So today our prayer is, is, is that we need God. That's it. We need Him. We need more of Him. And, and then, then God says, well, how do you want me? How do you want me? Because what he desires is he, he desires to come and live inside of our being. See, this place isn't, this place isn't holy. The only, the only reason that this building becomes holy is because you're here. It's set apart as a facility to facilitate ministry of God when people are here. That's why ministry happened online and all the other places as we were doing this. Because why? Because there's not a holy place anymore other than you. You are the holy place. How about that? You guys are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So as we finish up today, and as you find yourself, you will find yourself saying, I can't, I need, I, I don't have enough, I'm not enough. Those thoughts are in all of our heads right now. But we feel overwhelmed. What if our response, instead of checking out, instead of self-medicating, Instead of just going to something else, what if the response is, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me afresh with your Spirit, God. Give me living water. Give me living water that I might splash it upon other people. So let's pray right now online and then also in person. Let's pray. Let's just ask for a fresh move of God. Let's ask for a fresh move of the Spirit upon our lives and our hearts. So if you're online or you're here, just put your hands up in front of you like you're receiving something. You know? Oh God, we need you. We need you, God. We cry out to you, God. We recognize the great needs of are all around us. We recognize the great needs of the crowd. We great recognize the great needs of the masses, God. And God, we bring to you our needs, Lord. We recognize that we lack. We recognize that we're left wanting. That our own abilities can't fix things, God. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. We ask you come, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill every heart, fill every life. Yeah, fresh wind of God in every home, in every car, every coffee shop, every hotel, on this beautiful lawn. We ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd fill us. And God, as we do that, as we let go of being in control, we ask that you'd fill up that space with your spirit. Yeah, just take a minute, take a minute and just rest right in this moment. And between you and God, you mean business with them. Say, God, fill me with your spirit. Just take a minute. You're sensing hope. Joy is rising up. The pressure and the fear is fading away. Yeah, fresh.
freshman astronomer. Amen. Alright. So, we're going to have another song here with these guys. And can't wait to see you guys next week. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit vineyardkcwest.com.